Welcome to Fantasy Sports Daily with Kyle Frank and Ray Flowers, Monday through Friday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Don't forget to use the promo code FSD20 for a 20% discount on the products over at FantasyGuru.com. As long as everybody else is wrong, then it's sometimes fun to be wrong as well. We welcome you into Fantasy Sports Daily. Kyle Elfreak here. Ray Flowers over there. Ray, me, everybody. Kind of wrong about Monday Night Football. (laughs) You had a two-touchdown underdog win on the road. You had a six-point underdog win against Green Bay. You had two non-playoff teams defeat playoff teams. You had a combined over under of 81 and a half, and we got over a hundred points scored in the two games. And Ray, I don't think anybody was picking Tennessee and very, very, very few people were picking the New York Giants last night. How you doing, buddy? I'm I'm good, Kyle. Glad glad to be here with you and the listeners and the the viewers. And uh, yeah, that was, uh, as you titled, uh, a Monday night surprise. Um, or surprise is, I, I don't, I mean, you, you could have created a scenario where the Giants won. Eh, it would have been tough to do it, but you could have created it. The other game, oh boy, and especially with the game, the way the game played out too. So a couple of games uh, kept things interesting and exciting on Monday Night Football. Yep, we will, of course, uh, tackle all things Monday Night Football, including the uh, dramatic, I think it's fair to say, comeback by the Tennessee Titans. Uh, Tyreek Hill's limping around too. So uh, all things are not pleasant right now in Miami as they come off that loss. And of course, we will talk about Tommy DeVito, uh, he who is unstoppable at this point. Three straight wins for Tommy DeVito, and I guess the Giants are kind of in the playoff race. That's what they're saying. I, I don't truly buy it, but I guess they're not eliminated, so they're in the playoff race. But we'll talk Monday Night Football. News and notes, uh, what's the latest on Justin Herbert? What's the latest on Justin Jefferson? Uh, we will talk about both Justins coming up in the show. Week 15 waiver wire, it's kind of a big one. Uh, people are in the playoffs. People may have lost Justin Herbert. People may have lost C.J. Stroud. Who are the quarterback options to turn to in the first week of the postseason? We will discuss that. We'll hit you with some other news and notes. And then we will finally get around to Shohei Otani. Uh, we were unable to do this yesterday with the full recap of all of Sunday's action. And, Ray, it's it's actually good we waited on Otani because we got some pretty outlandish and wild news yesterday about his contract where I guess in effect, Ray Shohei Otani is getting paid 2 million bucks a season, <laughs> which it, I wonder Ray, when you do that sort of deal and all the money's deferred, what's it come out to like $680 million deferred, something mm-hmm. like that. Yep. Doesn't it indicate that this was really not a free agent market? For Shohei Atani, it just indicates he was going to L.A. come hell or high water and was willing to give them an absolute deal to get the deal done, I guess. Yeah, and we're not going to – we'll get into it later, right? You don't want to fully get into it now, I assume? No, no, just just quick take. Yeah. And I was Dodgers all the way, Mm -hmm. but this proves that he was Dodgers all the way. Yeah, I I will say this. He was Dodgers all the way. Uh, I give him full thumbs up and credit because he chose – he he made this happen, right? He made this happen. Uh, we'll talk about it later. I think this is detrimental, if not outright scandalous for Major League Baseball. I, I, I We'll get into it and all that. But uh, kudos to Otani. He ended up where he wanted to be. And uh, he signed 
the most team-friendly contract maybe in sports history ever. to make it happen. <laughs> ever. Absolutely ever. Um, and it's kind of like putting something you really want on the credit card. But the difference is when you put it on a credit card, you pay interest. The Dodgers aren't even paying interest on this money. They don't have to pay it for like 10, 11 years. No interest. Boy, that's a hell of a deal there. Um, also, I'm the only one saying this, but I will say this. The Royals are now your World Series favorite. I'll tell you why. Coming up later in the show. Uh, Ray, deals to be had. It's the Christmas season. Everybody's handing off gifts. And unlike the Dodgers and Shohei Otani, um, these are payments you can probably make in one fell swoop to get all the great stuff we have at fantasyguru.com. Yeah, and unfortunately, we're not going to let you defer this. You're going to have to pay this when you do it. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, promo code FSD20, as always, that's our promo code here on the show. So any of the products you want to sign up for, DFS, betting, uh, seasonal, any of the sports, FSD20. We have a special on our football product the rest of the way. The football product the rest of the way includes uh, seasonal, it includes DFS, and it includes wagering. It's all three. And I think we've been, I've been remiss in not mentioning the wagering part of things here recently, but it's all three, seasonal, wagering, DFS, from now through the Super Bowl. And if you want to get that package, again, everything, that's Discord, all the articles, all the three major ways to play it, use the promo code HOHO, H-O-H-O, HOHO, for the holiday season, pal. You are allowed, Ray, to forget about the wagering because you are in a state that still not doesn't allow it. Um, yeah. I am in a state that still doesn't allow it. Uh, Texas is a state that still doesn't allow it. So I, I know it's it's everywhere, but it's not everywhere. Uh, there's a lot of people still uninvolved. But for those who are involved, uh, man, what we provide at FantasyGuru.com is absolute top of the ladder uh, kind of stuff. So uh, do sign up and enjoy everything that we offer there on the website. A lot of articles uh, popping today. We are already taking a look ahead to week 15. We've got waiver calls. We've got buy, sell, hold stuff. We've got hockey DFS, NBA DFS. It's all over there, fantasyguru.com. Okay, let's dig into Monday night. Let's start in uh, Miami. I, I gave the Titans no chance here. Everybody gave the Titans no chance. And honestly, Ray, uh, we were all right with, three minutes ago, four minutes ago in that game last night. And somehow, some way, the Titans of all teams scored two touchdowns, um, have a successful two-point conversion. In their final two drives, they cover 139 yards. Um, on the game-winning drive, they cover 64 yards in 26 seconds. These are things not associated at all with the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> For five years. <laughs> yeah. yeah, these are just very foreign developments and I guess, Ray, we got to give credit to Will Levis. It, you know, when you look at the final line, it's not anything spectacular. And he made rookie mistakes. You know, there were a couple of bad plays. But, man, when, when the game was on the line, he was making some throws. He was making some plays. And he got a huge road victory in Miami. Yeah, and I, I he is what you explained, right? There's good, there's bad, there's strong. This to me, though, it just shows you, and this is kind of building on something we've been talking about for a decade now, you and I plus, of what we talked about a lot this year, how talent evaluators could look at Will Levis and look at Bryce Young and not see a difference there. I don't remember. Will Levis fell to the second round. Yeah. Like this is not like it was, Will Levis was the fourth pick. He fell to the second round. So you watch Will Levis play and he's got the skills to be a successful NFL quarterback, whether he can tidy things up whether he can cut the mistakes out. I don't know the answer to that. And we'll have to wait and see how his career develops. But he owns the required skills to be a leader. 
He also has that gung-ho Baker Mayfield attitude where he's running all over the place and pumping his fists and stuff. Some people love that in quarterbacks. Some people want them to be more like Bryce Young and be very calm. But Will Levis deserves full marks for starting his career great with that first game, hitting some bumps in the road, kind of evening things out here, and leading his team to a dramatic and surprising victory last night over the Dolphins. And in Tennessee, um, even with Levis, um, especially in his rookie year, is not going to, to change their stripes there's still going to be a pretty boring offense that doesn't ask a quarterback to hit multiple throws down the football field of 30 yards or anything like that. Levis can do that. You mentioned the first game. He just went off and, you know, all those deep touchdown passes to DeAndre Hopkins. But since then, it's been pretty ordinary, you know, for Will Levis until last night. And, and Ray, it really came down to, okay, pressure's on. Let's do it, kid. And the Titans don't play that way. But they had to in that situation. And he answered the bell. I, Again, I don't know if anything changes with the Titans, Ray. I don't think so. It's, and, and that's the problem with getting too fired up is, you know, there are rumors of Rabel maybe going back to his alma mater of Ohio State. I don't think that's going to happen. Or, you know, this is a team that's probably going to miss the playoffs. I don't think they're moving on from Rabel. And I bring all that up, Ray, because I wonder, as long as Rabel is in, 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 in there, and as long as you've got Derrick Henry, aren't the Titans going to continue to – be a boring offense or do you think they could actually say wow we've got something with will levis and let's open it up a bit let's go out and and add another piece to deandre hopkins let's you know they blew it with Traylon burks the guy has done nothing um every receiver they've brought in ray has mostly done nothing hopkins has been fine probably better than i would have guessed and he was good last night with some big plays but overall ray they they don't seem to have the capacity to find receivers they, 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 they just seem to be very at ease with having Derrick Henry take 20 carries a game and, and winning Slugfest 20 to 13. Yeah, it's 8, 10 in the morning here on the West Coast. And I could have swore you just asked me a question, are they going to open their offense up? Maybe I heard you wrong, like I'm still asleep. They're not opening. Their, no, you know the answer. They're not going to yeah. do that. They don't want to throw the ball 38 times. They don't want to have to score 28 points. They don't want to have to open up the offense and just say, kid, make it happen here. They don't want to do any of that. Uh, it's nice to know they can do it if they have to. Uh, I think the issue for them is everything that you pointed out. The coaching staff, the way they want to run the offense, the, the skill players they have on offense, the style of football they play, all of that stuff. Is, no, last night was a one-off. Uh, and, you know, to be fair, for 50-plus minutes, it was Titans football, right? Yeah. And then, then at the end, it changed. But I can't envision a scenario where they think, hey, if we play fourth-quarter football like that, Full, for four full quarters, we're going to have a chance to win football games. They're not going to do that. Uh, Derrick Henry was not very efficient, but he got into the end zone twice. That's three straight games with multiple touchdowns for Derrick Henry. Uh, it was still two yards carry for Derrick Henry. So <laughs> those touchdowns are kind of saving the year for Derrick Henry. Uh, mentioned Hopkins. He looked good. Tajay Spears, uh, very big out of the backfield. Uh, six catches for 89 yards. So, you know, full credit to Tennessee. They won this game. On the other side, Ray, uh, for Miami, I, I didn't think they played badly, but it was very evident without Tyreek Hill, they they, they lost a lot of luster in, in that game. Um, he left very early in the first quarter, came back in the third quarter. He, he was used in the, in the third and fourth quarter, Ray, but but it was not your typical Tyreek Hill. And, and you know, he, he tried to play through it. I think he said his wife told him to get back on the field. So so he answered her call. Um it's still disappointing, though. You feel like in a home atmosphere with a chance to to still compete for that number one seed, the AFC. They just didn't have it. And, you know, Mostert got in the end zone. A-Chan was used. 
I was a little disappointed in Waddle, you know, the lack of, of kind of stepping up without Tyreek Hill. And I know there'll probably be critics of Tua Tungabailoa, you know, you got to win this game and he didn't make plays in, in the sacks that you I, I just thought Miami, and it feels like a lot of this was in week 14. It was just like, without Tyreek Hill, they just didn't have the the answer, I guess, for the Titans' uh, defense. And again, they were winning by 14 points right. with five minutes to go. I don't want to say they were bad, but it was still disappointing to have that kind of effort last night. Yeah, disappointing to lose the game. Disappointing to have your defense be unable to stop a team in the Titans that doesn't do this as we just laid out. Um We've drawn a lot of parallels, or I have at least, to the Niners, which are obvious and basic and kind of dumb, you know, the coaches and the schemes and all that kind of stuff. But you saw the Niners lose Debo Samuel, and the offense still worked. You know, Mm -hmm. you saw Tyree Kill struggle last night, and the offense didn't really work. You know, they got a couple of short field situations for Mostert. I get, you know, and I'm not, it's not to his fault, but this is, and I hate to be a broken record, this, he doesn't elevate the play of his teammates. He doesn't. And there's been a lot of people that have, have, I think, put him in that upper echelon of quarterbacks because the numbers are good. And they see him, you know, they go read a box score. And it's like, he's just, we've talked about, he's just dropping passes and guys running wide open in the field. This is about scheming. And this is obviously a huge part about Tyree Kill. And I think, you know, Jalen Waddle had that little hiccup himself at the start of the game. And six catches for 79 yards is nice, but you're right. He didn't step up. And I don't know, I'm not blaming him. I'm saying he didn't step up the way you need someone in this offense to step up if Tyree Kill is not able to play at 100%. Well, and all in all, you score 27 points against the Titans, the game should be won. You should win. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, the defense collapsed, and again, Levis made plays late. So it was kind of a, a very weird evening uh, with the Titans able to score that way. Again, they're just not built that in that direction. You, you know, the hill and, and kind of the lack of offense, it reminds me, Ray, and it's, it's, it's perturbing to me individually. I don't know, probably to Ray too, but, you know, I, I was – catching some national uh, radio broadcast yesterday before this game. And it was Tua for MVP. Yeah. He's the latest guy and Lamar Jackson for MVP and Brock Purdy for MVP. And we've gone through Jalen hurts for MVP and Dak Prescott, like every quarterback, right? Whoever had the good week, he's now the guy. Right. Don't forget him. And and what's so frustrating Ray is like, aren't the top two guys, Tyree kill and Christian McCaffrey. Aren't they, aren't they, the MVP, and and they can't win it because it. it for, I don't know when this was de- determined or decided, but the MVP is a quarterback, and the offensive player of the year is the actual MVP. <laughs> At least as I see it, I, I I hear offensive player of the year, and that's like a guy who just put up studly numbers, like out of this world numbers, kind of like Cooper Cup did a few years ago. But it, it, this ignorance of MVPs, it's got to be a quarterback. Is and does it matter? Probably not. But Ray, it's really frustrating to me. Because when I think MVP, it is Tyree Kill. It is Christian McCaffrey. It's not – these quarterbacks are good. They're fine, but they're not MVPs. It's just like just because they have the football in their hands on every play doesn't mean we have to give them the MVP vote that everybody seems married to. Yeah, and not that one game tells a story, but we, as we discussed, look at last night. What happened with Tyree Kill going down? The offense kind of meh, right? And I agree with you. It's I get it. The quarter – you can make the case – that the quarterback position is the most important single position in all North American sports. You can absolutely make that case. At the same time, I, I know a lot of smart people, Jeff Manns being one of them, who said the exact same thing you did, Kyle, that Tyreek Hill and CMC are the real MVPs here. And he, don't go off, and he went on a whole thing, you know, as Jeff can do. Don't give me that Brock Purdy's the NFL MVP. CMC is the MVP of that team. So clearly, if he's the MVP of the team, Brock Purdy's not in the MVP chase. 
I agree with you. I think a lot of people look at it that way, Kyle. The MVP goes to the quarterback. The offensive player of the year is really the guy that everyone should be looking at. And it is a weird scenario that, you know, we have sprinklings of defensive players. You know, you hear Micah Parsons or TJ Watt, like you hear that, but they're not really considered either. It's half the football game. (laughs) And you don't ever hear the defensive side mentioned at all. So it is kind of sad that it's become an MVP award, like you said. Well, and, and the latest hero is Lamar Jackson. Why is that? Well, it's because they had a huge win against the Rams. Again, this follows whatever happened on Sunday. That, that's how people, like I'm constantly entertained by the latest odds. Well, I, I could guess those odds purely based off what happened on Sunday. Because right. the field, people are just guessing and, and they don't really think. They just see what happens. So like Lamar Jackson's the leader. And, and Ray's been good, but I, I'm sorry. In, uh, let's see here, three, six. Last six games, in three of those games, he hasn't even gotten to 190 yards passing. Um, in those six games, he has thrown eight touchdowns in six games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, his completion percentage, 56, 56, 62, 56, 80, and 66. Like, he's good, but he's not great. Christian McCaffrey's great. Tyreek Hill's great. Lamar Jackson's a good quarterback this year, and yet he's he's the leader now to win the MVP. Again, it's 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 personal preference, and it doesn't really matter again, but mm-hmm. it's one of those things like the way we appreciate the game or that the public seems to appreciate is very distant from how I <laughs> seem to well, appreciate the game. Niners beat the Eagles, and it was Brock Purdy, right? Like you're t- It's exactly what you're talking about, so, you know. We, we go through this a lot where we determine who the MVP is or isn't. And then, it, like you said, it changes every week. And, you know, that's kind of the nature of the game. It's a short season. There's only 17 games played and all that. But it's it's kind of a, like you said, I, it's, it's media driven. It really is media driven. And uh, the storylines kind of write themselves. Which leads us to New York, the media capital of the world. And Ray, as Sal says in our chat room, if you're going to give the MVP to a quarterback, give it to Danny DeVito. Danny DeVito for MVP. I will say um, he was a punchline for me five, six weeks ago. There, there was a moment, I think it was you and I on this show, Ray, where I said, I never want to say this guy, kid's name again. Well, he has shoved it in my face. Because not only, Ray, is he now the starting quarterback week in, week out, but he's now pulled off three straight victories. He just knocked off the playoff team. Um, now, last night, I, I, the most impressive part with DeVito last night, Ray, was his scrambling ability. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think anything else was all that impressive. They got the win. Uh, that last drive was great. He he did make some big plays, but I was more impressed by like Wondell Robinson doing something. I mean, Robinson had, you could say, three big catches and another huge run. Like in that game, Wondell Robin, Robinson had four plays that were huge to the bottom line. But again, QBs get the credit. So Tommy DeVito is, is getting the credit here today. Well, I, you know, Terod Taylor's coming back from the issue, right? Health wise. And, you know, he's smart Terod Taylor at this point, right? That's the thing. That's what I was going to say. Like, I, I keep reading, well, Terod Taylor's going to take back over the job. Why? <laughs> like, you know, Taylor is a career backup and he's perfectly adequate at that. All right. But why not let DeVito play and just check it out? I mean, you know, it's like, it, it you know, DeVito's going to be your backup to Daniel Jones, right? Get him some playing time. Daniel Jones is not exactly Mr. Health. Right. It's, it makes no sense to me at all that Taylor's even in a conversation for anybody, even if DeVito's not doing great things. To your point, he's been OK. He's been better than a lot of people thought. And they're winning football games. If nothing else, Ray, they found their backup to, yeah. to Daniel Jones right. next season. You know, Jones should be back. They're paying him gobs. 
Mm-hmm. He's a starting quarterback. You know, it, it, the DeVito thing's fun, but it's New York. If this were happening in Arizona, nobody's really losing their minds. Right. Um, I will remind everybody, it was just a month ago, maybe less, that people were losing their minds about Joshua Dobbs. Like, you know, oh my God, this was incredible. And a month later, he goes to Vegas and he can't get his team to get a single point. He gets benched in the fourth quarter, 10 completions for 60 yards. These things I'm saying, Ray, with Dobbs, right? I wouldn't be shocked at all if Tommy DeVito runs into these issues. So it's fun. It's great. That's all cool. Um, You know, Wondell Robinson, I guess, is the story here. Because, Ray, these are big numbers at, what, 79 yards receiving on six catches. A couple of carries for 36 yards. Uh, Again, big numbers. He's another giant, like literally, I think we've gone through five different guys this year, Ray, of Mm -hmm. every week. Oh, this is the giant to have. This is the giant to have. I'm not going to recommend Waddell Robinson to anybody. I'm not. I, I, and maybe it's lazy analysis, Ray, but I don't care. Like this offense, the way it's built, you know, sorry, Tommy DeVito, you know, sorry, Brian Dable, all you guys, but, but I'm not buying any of your receivers. None of them have consistency. We've we've gone through Jalen Hyatt this year. You know, every week, Sterling Shepard, we've gone through for a half decade. It just can't happen in this offense with these collective of receivers. They have like five, six guys who are all the same right now. Yeah, I I mean, I'll I'll say it this way. I'm in a 14-team league, the FSGA league. I'm in the playoffs. I was looking at the waiver wire this morning. I have A.T. Perry, you know, he's the last guy on my bench. I'm going to make a change this week. And Wondell Robinson is sitting on the waiver wire, and it's like, a dollar like i'll you know because it's a 14 team league we start three receivers it's a ppr set but you can't trust that you can't trust that the offense is not prolific through the air you've got slayton robinson hyatt hodgins shepherd campbell if he's healthy uh it's it's you can't plus everyone on this team is basically a slot receiver and they're all small and that that limits you i mean mm-hmm. you know robinson's ability to do what he did last night we've seen it happen on occasions but he's normally a four catch 39 yard guy or something, three catch 40 yard. Like there's just not, this offense is not explosive enough. His role is not explosive enough. The volume isn't exciting and he certainly is not a touchdown threat. So very tepid interest, but it was a nice game last night. Uh, Saquon Barkley, a couple of touchdowns. He was solid. You know, Saquon, I I, I give him some credit. He he could have just uh, bagged it this year at a couple of points. He's had injuries. He's obviously upset with the contract. He'll be a free agent again. Uh, the team is not all that exciting. Again, they're in the playoff race, but not really. Although Saquon does deny that. They, what do he say? Um, I think he dropped an MFR last week when uh, <laughs> asked if they were still in the playoff race. And they, they are, I guess, at this point. Uh, on the Green Bay side, and, and Red come ticks, he nailed it. Uh, no sacks last night against Tommy DeVito. I think the Giants came into this game with the highest sack percentage allowed in all of football. So this should be a team that you do get some sacks against. Pretty sloppy for Green Bay. Although I will say, Ray, I'm not surprised by it. Like, again, Tennessee, that was kind of shocking. Green Bay, they're, they're coming in with the hype, and Jordan Love seems to have figured it out. And I don't think he was bad last night. It it was a so-so effort. You're, you're not always just going to be up, 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 and it never stops. Um, you know, a couple mistakes, there's fumbles here, you know, sacks, a, a, a muffed punt, you know, it, it was not a good game for Green Bay, but people do need to understand that's still a very young team led by a young quarterback. So I, I don't look at them and say, oh gosh, they're, they're a total paper tiger. Uh, again, it's just kind of the, the trials and tribulations you go through with the youth that they do have on that team. 
Yeah, and, and they have extreme youth at the wide receiver position. They've got not necessarily a young quarterback, but a rather inexperienced quarterback, mm -hmm. even though he's got the, the time in the NFL because he was behind Rodgers. So, you know, if this team, if someone said at the start of the season, this team would be six and seven, you know, Jordan Love would be quarterback 18, heading into the fantasy playoffs. Yeah, okay, right? Like, I don't think that would stand out appreciably. Uh, it's disappointing because there are some people out there in the fantasy space and otherwise that, you know, while we joked about it on Thanksgiving, it was, you know, Jordan Love for MVP. Like the announcers thought he was the greatest thing they've ever seen. Like it was amazing. And some people take those things too far, as you suggested. This is still a team that's growing and finding their, their pace and their way. And the loss last night to the Giants is terrible for them, you know, playoff aspirations and all that. And, you know, we had Watson down. We had, you know, J Jaden Reed score a touchdown, but it was on the ground. I don't know how. And this is another one of those things. How do you get 10 targets and you produce 27 yards? Like, it's <laughs> so bad. Catches, 27 yeah. yards. Yeah. I mean, it's that's we were talking yesterday about Zay Jones. At least Zay Jones only had like four catches, right? He didn't have eight mm -hmm. catches. They, they, you know, they, they really miss Watson and that ability to stretch the field. And I think Romeo Dobbs is the most frustrating piece here because all these other guys have their moments. And Dobbs had a couple, but they were earlier in the season. I don't understand why Dobbs is the guy that just kind of gets you know four catches every week. Why why yeah. are why is it Heath or Toure or all these? Why is it not Dobbs when he's the Mister Consistent guy that's out there every week? You know, with love, you mentioned the fantasy playoffs starting and and last night uh, for people who were you know settling. I don't want to say settling, but maybe they drifted towards love as their starting QB. Last night's probably going to change their um, their confidence in him over the next three weeks. Now, the next three opponents, Ray, are Tampa, Carolina, and Minnesota. Now, none of those teams are what you would term good teams. Uh, now, two of them are involved in the playoff race, Minnesota and Tampa, but they're not very good. <laughs> are you confident in love in those matchups? Like, do, do you feel good saying love against Tampa, Carolina, and Minnesota? They should win at least two of those three. But is he at that level to where you say, ah, oh, because of the matchup, Jordan Love is into my top 12 amongst QBs. I, I don't know if I'm there with Love. It's a little bit back and forth with him. Um, he looked really good. Mm -hmm. And so you want to give him credit for what he did against, you know, the, the, the Chargers, the Lions, the Chiefs, you know, all these games. But then last night, it was back to kind of just being the ho-hum Jordan Love. I think he, if you're looking for an overarching answer i'd say he's quarterback 11 to 18 right he's in that zone and so it really depends what else you've got at the position i, I wouldn't get overly excited and say he's a top 10 guy i wouldn't drop him down to 20 um the quarterback position and you know we'll talk about it with herbert it just it never stops in 2023 mm -hmm. and there's so many backups and so many spotty quarterback play and so much spotty offensive play that when you have a quarterback like love who's in a pretty stable offense uh, who's you know throwing the ball 35 times a week, it's tough to run away from that. Uh, it would be really helpful for the Packers if they could ever get healthy. Again, Watson was out last night. Aaron Jones missed another game. And I, though Aaron Jones hasn't done anything, I think he's very important to the offense because A.J. Dillon is a bag of rocks. He doesn't do anything, you know. Um, so Love is someone I, I – I, it depends. If I'm in a 10-team league, I don't want to start Jordan Love. If I'm in a 14-team league, it's probably okay. You know what's crazy about Love, Ray? And this may surprise people. He is tied for fifth in the NFL in touchdown passes. He's got as many touchdown throws as Patrick Mahomes. Um, he also has as many interceptions as Patrick Mahomes. They both have 11, which is a very high number for both guys. Now, Mahomes has him beat by 300 yards passing. 
but Mahomes has thrown 40 more passes. Honestly, Ray, it's kind of been a wash mm -hmm. between Jordan Love and Mahomes. And as we go into the playoffs, I don't think anybody is disputing, not me, not you, nobody, that Patrick Mahomes is still an every week starter. Jordan Love's numbers are almost identical to Mahomes. Yet here I am sitting here and saying, I'm not sure on Jordan Love. It's like, when does a guy convince you right. that he is in that spot? Is and, and according to the stats, Love is in that spot this season as a QB1. For the last five games, Love has thrown at least 36 passes. For the last five games, he has at least two touchdown passes. Okay, so if you look at the last month, he's better than Patrick yeah. Holmes too. So it, it's – and this is a debate that Jeff Manns was having on his elite sports show, Sirius XM Fantasy Sports Radio, Monday through Friday from 3 to 5. Uh, I'm on Wednesdays with Jeff. Uh, there was a debate he was having yesterday. It's like at what point do we say – because we all say this. He's Patrick Holmes. It's Andy Reid. Okay. And you may not have him ranked one or two or three, but what's the lowest he's ever been ranked this week? Six? Like, you just don't, right? <laughs> like, you, you just don't. But the numbers and the eyeball test, it's like, so how aggressive would you be? If you had those two guys, hypothetically, Kyle. Oh, it's Mahomes every week. So If I had Mahomes and Love as my QB combo, I am still going Mahomes every single week, barring six inches of snow and a wind of 25 miles an hour, you know, but all things being equal, even against tough defenses, Ray, you know, if I've got Mahomes against the Ravens or, or whatever it is, the Cowboys still going Mahomes over love there. It's like, I'm not even thinking twice right. yet again, the numbers say I should think twice yeah. with and, those two. And that's a really hard thing as an analyst on our side, trying to help the people that are listening and watching because I'm in the same boat as you. It's like I have that. If I had that decision, then I don't. But if I had that decision, it's not a decision. I'm going <laughs> Patrick Mahomes. And, you know, it, it's tough because the numbers, again, we're talking about, they're pretty even lately. They're trending. But there's a, there's a difference in the play calling. There's a difference in, in who they are. There's a difference in their experience. All these differences, to me, still add up to starting Patrick Mahomes. And that's difficult for some people. And we get smashed as analysts for that sometimes because it's like, yeah. oh, you're just saying play your studs. I'm like, well. Kinda, but let's also yeah. remember that you know three months ago, Patrick Mahomes was being considered one of the five greatest quarterbacks who ever lived, right? That was, and we've forgotten that really quickly with a couple weeks of struggles with the Chiefs. Well, and and Chaka in the chat room says, um, you know, I'd rather go a Love or a Browning over Russell Wilson. I I I I don't know about Browning. I mean, you got to understand what he did last week were two screen passes that went for a hundred yards and two touchdowns, right? And, and then you get a rushing touchdown. A, you should never count on rushing touchdowns with Jake Browning. Okay, you shouldn't. And B, you shouldn't count on two screen passes going for 100 yards and two touchdowns. These are not things that are conducive to scoring. So I'm not there with Browning. Okay, that, that's me. Other people may be there. Love versus Wilson, absolutely, Ray. And, and they've been very similar this year. Love's a bit better. But, you know, this idea, I'm not I'm not saying Love can't start or that he isn't a QB1 in certain situations against guys like Russell Wilson. Now, another one to me, Ray, is like Jared Goff, where Jared Goff was really good for eight, nine weeks, but has been very quiet the last mm -hmm. three, four games or so. You know, that becomes a difficult one in the postseason. Love is at least asking the question for a lot of matchups. Like, if I've got Hurts, if I've got Jackson, if I've got Allen, if I've got Mahomes, no question. But now Love is in that next tier, probably even Dak. Dak, I, I would say he's so hot right now. He would be ahead of Love in every single week matchup for me. But after that, Ray, then it's pretty cloudy at the QB position. Lamar I think Jackson? Love, 
Yeah, well, I, I think, well, if I didn't say Jackson, okay. I should have okay. said Jackson. Uh, but after those five or six guys, Ray loves in that next year where every week you can start him over any of those other quarterbacks. Yeah, the rankings come out like at three in the morning. Uh, it was actually 3.30 in the morning over at fantasyguru.com. Jeff watches the Monday Night Football games and spends hours finalizing all the rankings for the week. And so the early rankings are this for the quarterback position. Again, these are the early rankings that will be adjusted throughout the week based upon what we hear. Russell Wilson's 11. Jordan Love is 12. Jake Browning is 13. <laughs> and Jared Goff is 14. So <laughs> Kyle wasn't even looking at him. And he, there we go. We had the who question. Are the, who Jared are the two Goff. names ahead of uh, Russell Wilson? You said he was 11. He Who's was 11. Right now, Justin Fields. And for the moment, C.J. Stroud. Yeah, and I think Stroud's kind of doubtful. You know, I, I would say if you've got Stroud, probably be planning for another move. I, I think, you know, those guys who are 13, 14 this week, they could be 7, 8 next week, you know, depending on the matchups and how things fall. So, again, after you get outside of that top five, top six, Jordan Love's in that group, and it comes down to matchups. It comes down to who's healthy. It comes down to the weather in December. Uh, those things can make a difference. One last thing on Monday Night Football, Greg, uh, one of our regulars, we love having Greg in here every day, uh, Tucker Craft. I think it was four catches, 64 yards, actually led the Packers in uh, receiving yardage on Monday night. Craft uh, or Schultz or Taysom Hill. If the question is reliable, I don't see it with Tucker Craft. Sorry, uh, I'm not there. Uh, when, when's Musgrave? Is he out for Yeah, he's on the IR, right? IR, so he's got maybe yeah. a week or two left on that IR, I think it is. And then we'll have to see if he's going to be back. Let's say Kraft is starting the rest of the season. Christmas Eve, maybe. he's eligible, Kyle. Yeah, let, let's say Kraft's just, boom, the starter. Mm -hmm. I, I'd still rather have Taysom Hill. And when has Kyle Alfrank ever said that? Ray Taysom Hill, when he's out there, mm -hmm. they use him. Mm -hmm. They have used him more this year than ever before. Mm -hmm. If I can use him as a tight end in my fantasy league, I'm taking him every time against Tucker Kraft. Yeah, reliable is not a word I would use for Kraft. Uh, I think that if these three guys are on the football field, he's a distant third. Uh, Schultz and Hill are ahead of him. Now, are, are Schultz and Hill going to play? I don't know. So that's, you know, if you have both Hill and Schultz, you're in a tough spot this week because both those guys obviously didn't play last week and it's too early this week to know. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to tell you to carry three tight ends. So this is this question's come up multiple times in Discord over at FantasyGuru.com, pal. What do you do? Because you can't, I mean, are you going to wait? Like, I, I don't do bidding on Tucker Craft. Right. I'm not in that pool. Um, if people are bidding on Tucker Craft, I think there are going to be other options equal to him that I can get later in the week for a buck or, or free in effect. Okay. Um, I would chance it with Hill being back this mm -hmm. week or Schultz being back this okay. week. I would chance it. It may blow up in my face uh, come Thursday, Friday. Maybe I'm looking for a free tight end pickup. It can happen, folks. I mean, you can get, you know, Chigakonkwu ha had a pretty decent game last night. Nothing special, mm -hmm. but that's all you really need is four catches and 40 yards and, and you call that a win so to me i'm sitting with what i have of hill or schultz i'm not making a bid on craft and i'll get more information i'll cross my fingers one of them is back for week 15 um and if not i'm making a move on friday to get a to get a kate otten you know the random touchdown catch uh, in the in the end zone or the guy in cincinnati you know who's been a little more involved i i think they're it's not worth it to early in the week be bidding up money to get a guy like Tucker Crab. And remember, too, Christian Watson was out, right? Aaron Jones was out. Jordan Love threw 39 passes with those two guys out, and Kraft saw four targets. Yeah. So, Great yeah, point. It's, it's just not – and this is something we've 
bemoan the Packers all season long. Everyone gets targets. Like Jordan Love throws the ball to everyone, which is theoretically good. It's terrible for fantasy, right? Because <laughs> everyone's getting four targets a week. So there's, I agree. Like I said, Tucker Craft is a distant third of those other two guys. We'll just have to wait and see if they play this week. Appreciate the question, Greg. Uh, keep them coming uh, if you're following us live here on X or Facebook or uh, YouTube, wherever you're at. Uh, let's see. Uh, looking ahead to the waiver wire because it's kind of a good jumping off point, Tucker Craft, and talking about that. Uh, for many people, uh, waiver wire is upon us. Uh, money is probably short. So understand with bidding, you got to kind of play the strategy of who has money, who does not. Um, who do you actually need versus, you know, who is just a luxury item? I think at quarterback, Ray, there are probably many people entering the playoffs this week. You know, you, you could have made the playoffs even with Justin Herbert. You know, you could have. Um, you certainly could make the playoffs with C.J. Stroud. And now both of those guys, Ray, are a pair of starting quarterbacks, probably guys that were starting every week for some playoff teams, and now you're in scramble mode. Right. Uh, Herbert's out. I think Stroud's a good bet to be out. So, Ray, the waiver wire is pretty important tonight. And as you look at things, there, there are a lot of the regulars. I mean, Aiden O'Connell's probably been sitting on the waiver wire all season. And Leave him there. Tommy DeVito and Zach Wilson. But maybe Joe Flacco's been added to the pool. Uh, maybe people are interested in Desmond Ritter after 350 yards last week. Uh, certainly Browning, Jake Browning, if he wasn't picked up last mm -hmm. week, he's now a heavy sought-after item this week. There are options. The problem is kind of digging through. And before we get to names, because this is an important one for teams that are still alive, Ray, should you only care about this week's matchup? Great question. And 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 I kind of feel with these guys, I kind of only care about this week's matchup. That That's me. It makes it a lot easier to kind of compartmentalize who to go after that to me, I know people love looking at the three weeks of the fantasy mm -hmm. schedule and, oh, he's got the best. And, and you'll see those columns everywhere. We have them at Fantasy Guru. I'm not saying they're worthless, but I think with quarterbacks of this level, I'm kind of looking at the week 15 matchup more than anything. Yeah, and it's it's a great question, and it's the right question because, again, yesterday in Discord over at FantasyGuru.com, people were already asking, who do I pick up? Who's got the best playoff? And I'm like, well, I like this guy's 15. I hate his 16 and 17. I like his 15 and 16. His 17 is horrible. Uh, and so I don't want to tell someone that if they lost Herbert or they're worried about Stroud, that we're going to grab a guy this week and we'll worry about it next week. I don't want to tell someone that. But unfortunately, some of these guys we might have to end up doing that with, Kyle. Desmond Ritter, I don't have any interest in. Zero. I'm sorry. And like he's playing Carolina and people are going to say, wow, that's a really good matchup. Carolina's not. He okay. could be benched by the third quarter. Like, that's a guy who could, like, pull the Josh Dobbs. You know, that could happen. Uh, Browning. I, I like Browning. The mm -hmm. matchup's good. Mm -hmm. um, I Nick Mullins, if he gets a start, I, I wouldn't be very interested in that. It's on the road at Cincinnati. So, right now, we're sitting with a guy like Browning in the lead. Flacco is home against the Bears. He's probably cheaper than Jake Browning, just slightly. Mm -hmm. And, Ray, I think his odds of success are about equal this week, Flacco versus Browning. Well, and I think that – and this is these are the two guys that people were focused on yesterday as we're focusing on here. And you, you look at you know the matchup this week for Browning. I agree with you. He's, it's a solid matchup. You look at the next two weeks, it's not good. It's at Pittsburgh. It's at Kansas City. Ugh. Like, yeah. that's, not, that's not good. Like, I don't want to start a rookie uh, – not a rookie uh, – an unproven quarterback in those scenarios. Then you look at you know Flacco, and this week is good. And next week against Houston's fine. And then there's the Jets in week 17, and it's yikes. So I think Browning's the pickup. 
I'd have him number one. I'd worry about the again. I I unfortunately have to worry about the next move next week. Mm-hmm. If I have a CJ Stroud, maybe he's back again. He could play this week. Uh, if it's a Herbert thing, you're just in a tough spot because they're just difficult matchups for Browning after Week 15. Zach Wilson, Devito, and Levis. I mean, all those guys are probably available. Mm-hmm. Is my guess. I'm not going to put them in the Flacco Browning class, but Ray, they all deserve like a one dollar. Sure. And and the way bidding works in most leagues is okay. If you don't get Browning or Flacco, you're probably going to get your third pick with the way bidding works. It, it'd be surprising to me that you wouldn't because I don't think we have five, six teams all going after quarterbacks this week. I'd be surprised if that were the case. Right. So what I would do, and, and this is early in the week, and if I really had this issue, I'd really dig in the numbers. I'd really break down the matchups. But Ray, if I, I put my, let's say I've got $11 left. You know, maybe I'm throwing seven apiece on Browning and Flacco. And if I don't get them, I'm doing a dollar apiece on Wilson, DeVito, and Levis. And I think it's up to everybody how they want to rank those guys. Maybe you dig into the week 16 matchup, the week 17. But I think all those guys probably deserve at least a $1. Hey, I got to have something at quarterback. Again, we're talking to the Stroud and Herbert owner, most especially here. Zach Wilson, I'm not sold on last week. He goes to Miami. I don't think Zach Wilson can do what Will Levis did last night. So understand I'm not really fired up about Wilson. With DeVito at New Orleans, New Orleans does not have this reputation of being a great pass defense, but I still think they have this streak of not having given up 275 yards passing in like 40 games. It's like our 30 game. It's a really wild number. New Orleans doesn't give up passing yards, and this is on the road in the Dome. I don't really like that matchup. The Levis matchup, Ray, is at home against Houston. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson just beat up on Houston. Levis mm-hmm. might be the tops of those three mediocre options at quarterback. I agree with you. Now, the problem with that is, and let's remember, in most leagues, what, six teams are still playing? So as Kyle's talking about, we shouldn't have a frenzy of bidding on quarterbacks because yeah. teams should have. Uh, but there is a chance, if you're in a league where everyone's down to the DeVitos of the world, that you know, Levis, because of what happened last night on national TV, goes for more. Uh, but I would, of the names we're talking about with the matchup in week 15, I think he is the third option behind Browning and Flacco. So uh, I'd be willing to, you know, and again, like you said, it matters how much money you have to spend, what mm-hmm. your league looks like, how you can pick guys up. But I tons not, of strategy. I it's tons of specific yeah. strategy where it's hard to give overarching, like, this is the right. way to go. Like, so much is dependent on, on like you said, your budget, where you stand, your competition, all of that stuff. It's yeah, crazy. I don't want to end up starting Aiden O'Connell or Easton Stick. Like, I don't want to end up in that zone. What a name, too, right? I don't want to end up there. So you got to do what you need to do to not have to fall down to that level. Yeah, and, and I think for those needing a QB, again, Herbert and Stroud, it's it's important. You got to have somebody. You know, you got to get those, those big points. Running back's kind of open, too, this week, Ray. Um, you know, Jarek McKinnon may be sitting around and people see the touchdown last week. Uh, sounds like Zamir White of Oakland, or excuse me, of Vegas. Kyle Oakland doesn't have a team. Um, of Vegas, uh, could be starting come Thursday night. Josh Jacobs, for what it's worth, got a Monday DNP. Uh, Raiders are playing the Chargers on Thursday. Uh, we may see Chandler and Chase Brown sitting out there. So Again, Ray, there may be options available, but those are, are four names, especially Zamir White. I feel like he's available in a variety. I mean, 
a, a vast, vast majority of leagues out there. Yeah, he is. And he is someone that we've talked about previously who I've taught in, you know, I think it was the, the listener league uh, on RT Sports. I had Zamir White. We had 18 spots on our roster. I had Zamir White as my last guy the whole season. Like I just said, you know, if the way they're going to run this offense, the way the backfield looks, Zamir White's getting 15 touches if Jacob mm-hmm. goes down. Maybe we end up there. Now, the obvious problem with that is that White is likely to be expensive because that other people are going to see the same thing. On the short week, I don't think it's there's a great chance of Jacobs playing. So I think we can get some run with White. But we have seen Jacobs be so plotting for the majority of the season because of the mm-hmm. offense and all these things. Like, how, how much can we get from Zamir White? A lot of people need 14 points. And maybe you can pull that off and you'll be happy with it. But it is he is a priority add, in my opinion. But it's also scary slash unnerving to think I'm starting the fantasy playoffs and he's one of my two running backs or even my flex option. Yeah. He's going to a team that had zero points last week Yeah, <laughs> with Jacobs, with Devonte Adams, you know, with Jacoby Myers, zero points. So the offense is, is certainly lacking. Um, waiver wire is pretty wild. I think, and again, 12, 14, 16 team leagues, this kind of changes who's available. Who's not, we all have different needs. Um, I would recommend don't get too cute. Like, there are some people out there, Ray, who it's the playoffs, and maybe they even have a bye this week, and they're still playing the game of I'm going to keep Zamir White away from people. I'm going to keep um, Jake Browning away from – even though they have no need. Mm-hmm. I would recommend overall against that just because you may have no needs now, but depending on what happens, you may have needs to spend that money in week 16 and 17. And I'd hate to have spent money on Zamir White even when I'm not using him this week. And then come week 16, all of a sudden I need that money back because I've got injuries. So like to me, a lot of times people want to get cute with the blocking, mm-hmm. keeping players away. I, I'd rather worry about my team. If I don't have needs, hold on to that money. It's it's going to be valuable to you, I think, in week 15 and, and or week 16 and week 17, if you're still alive there. I, like a lot of the stuff we talked about today, I think it is dependent upon your format. Uh, in the Dynasty League I'm part of, I'm bidding on Easton Stick and Nick Mullins heavily. Not because I have any desire to play them. They're not going to see my, because I'm trying to keep them away from someone. I'm in the fantasy playoffs and it's a dynasty league. That's different, right? Mm-hmm. Than a, a 10 team league or even a 12 team redraft league. If you're in a super flex or two quarterback league, you know, uh, so I think it does depend. I think in general, your advice, you know, you're in a traditional 12 team league that, you know, has one quarterback and all. I think that advice in general is solid, but I, I don't, you also look at your opponents. Like we talked about earlier, if your opponents have Hurts and Mahomes and Allen and, no one needs a quarterback. What difference does it make if your mm-hmm. if your opponents or the remaining people in the pool are are going with the Ritters and the Levises of the world? Then you act differently. Uh, good luck to everybody on the waiver wire tonight. And again, you can always hit up uh, Ray at the Ray Flowers if you've got some questions. Discord as well, always open. So uh, make use of that option. Uh, quick run through of injuries. Justin Herbert. We told you about that yesterday. We had the news: fractured finger. He's out uh, for week fifteen. Surgery is probably going to happen, and they will have a better read on Herbert once that surgery takes place. Again, I I would consider it unlikely uh, that we see Justin Herbert again this year. Uh, Josh Palmer had a full practice yesterday, so we could see Josh Palmer back on the field for Thursday. Again, desperation heat. I added Josh Palmer thinking, Justin Herbert and Palmer. Now I get Easton (laughs) Stick. Easton Stick and Palmer. Justin Jefferson is considered day-to-day, so that'll be a situation to follow through the week. Also through the week, the Vikings are not naming their starting quarterback yet. Uh, Hopefully by Thursday or so we'll have that decision. Kenny Pickett is out this week. Mitch Trubisky is in. That may be another guy in the 
Levis, DeVito, Wilson range. I don't know. Is he in that range, Ray, or is he behind those guys even? Trubisky. Just a little behind. Uh, just a little. <laughs> I mean, again, we don't know when Pickett's going to be back. It certainly seems like they'll go to Pickett if he's able to play. Trubisky was disappointing last week, so just behind him. And if you're looking for a place kicker, Kaimi Fairburn is due back this week for Houston. I think they're like sixth in field goals this year. They're kind of an offense that plays that way. Of course, they may have Davis Mills as their quarterback because C.J. Stroud is indeed in concussion protocol. History suggests, suggests that uh, he's probably out this week when you're in the protocol. Of course, there's a playoff spot on the line, and teams usually look the other way. <laughs> there's a playoff spot on the other line. So we'll have to wait and see with Stroud. But the uh, smart move is to pick up somebody or to have somebody in reserve of C.J. Stroud for the weekend. Uh, week 14 in the books. Uh, but fear not, week 15 just around the corner. Tomorrow on the show, Rich Maletto is going to join us to talk some NFL. Uh, Rich has uh, kind of the streaming column every week, so we'll kind of get his take on these quarterbacks. Also buy, sell, hold. Uh, we'll talk some general football coming up with Rich on tomorrow's show. I want to close things down today with a little baseball. Uh, we did not get a chance to talk about this on Monday's edition of FSD uh, because we're crazy football, Monday night doubleheader, all that stuff. But Ray, over the weekend, we did get Shohei Atani with this monstrous, uh, you know, eye-popping deal. Joining the Dodgers, 10 years, $700 million. Um, it's hard to, to believe this. But maybe even more eye-popping than the overall money that he got is the way this contract is now structured, where over the 10 years of the contract, he will actually get paid $20 million for 10 years. And then the next 10 years after that, Ray, whether he's with the Dodgers or not, you know, he could be still playing baseball. <laughs> But over those next 10 years, right, he will uh, bring in $680 million, $68 million a year. And, and people forget, right, he may still be playing baseball. So you wonder if a guy's already got $68 million coming in 10 years from now, maybe he signs for a million bucks. To, and I don't know if he's going to be great by then. But but the, the setup of this deal is is pretty wild. And as you noted early on, it's almost ridiculous this kind of deal is even allowed in baseball isn't it yeah and i threw it up there just so people can look at it on the screen uh competitive balance tax baseball fakes this they don't have a salary cap by the way let me start what i said at the beginning kudos to otani for doing this now on the other side of things the competitive balance tax says if you hit a certain threshold uh, you start having to pay tax on your, your salaries so what the dodgers have done is they've added salary that doesn't show up on the book. So the $70 million he's actually scheduled to get only comes out to $46 million according to the, the, the calculations the league has. Mm -hmm. So in essence, the Dodgers could go out and sign another player for $24 million and have the same amount of, of value according to the tax rules as they actually in the real world are paying Otani. Now, I've heard people say, well, Ray, come on. They're, they're paying him in the future. Okay, this is not a 20-year contract. This is a 10-year contract. He might be getting paid out over 20 years, but it's a 10-year contract. Oddly enough, there is a, a, I called it a loophole, and people push back on me on social media at the Ray Flowers. It's not, I guess, a loophole if it's in the CBA, but there is a rule in the CBA that Jeff Passan pointed out that this is totally legal, which is why mm -hmm. the contract was uh, upheld by Major League Baseball. In essence, we have a 
tax if you spend too much money in baseball that can be completely avoided if you sign a player to this level of a contract. And this is scary bad for baseball. And it has nothing to do with the Dodgers, has nothing to do with Otani. This is scary bad for baseball because whichever team can convince the most players to sign deferred contracts can now build a dream team. Yeah. Because there is this way that you can get around paying the taxes by deferring the money. And again, Kyle, it's I don't understand. You have a salary cap or you don't. I don't understand. Yeah. In basketball, you can pay people $700 trillion to keep your own free agents. I get all this stuff. You either have a cap or you don't. And I can't believe that in the CBA, there's a rule that says you can give a contract like this and avoid paying taxes on it as a team yeah. and have this extra money to spend. I can't believe that's written into the contract, one. And two, I can't believe... We haven't heard more about this. Like, why was no one talking about this? Yeah. It's and and I think it's player specific uh, with this because it's it's wild, Ray, to think you're going to defer six hundred and eighty million dollars and get zero interest on it. Mm-hmm. Like, no interest this is going to be six eighty. Which ten years from now, and I am not the Federal Reserve Bank, but ten years from now, uh, six eighty is not going to be six eighty. Still going to be an ass load of money, okay? <laughs> but in effect, he's given up money by agreeing to this. And again, that's why it's player specific. He wanted to be in LA and he wants to win. So he created this deal, you know, and made this offer. I doubt, Ray, he went, if, if negotiations were going on with the Yankees or the Angels or the Blue Jays, whomever, I, I don't, I, I bet this was not offered to them that he would be willing to do this. I think he wanted to be in LA and he wanted to make it happen. He also wanted to continue to make them competitive. Now, I'm glad you said the point uh, that needs to be known here. You're right. The 70 million does not count against the competitive balance tax, the salary cap, but it is still 46 million. It's a big chunk of change. Mm -hmm. So it's not like they're totally, they're only getting 2 million counted against them versus the 70. You're right. They're saving about $24 million. It allows them to maybe get Marcus Stroman or, you know, some other pitcher out there. Blake Snell, I guess, I guess Blake Snell. Remember too, though, Otani is himself two players when he's healthy. So they're getting three players for the price of one. Do you think that's a given? I don't. I I know he wants to do it and all Mm -hmm. that, but I, I, I just wonder. If that's a given, um, he'll, he'll probably come back, but Ray, this will now be two Tommy John surgeries for him. Now he's broken every barrier we've put in place in, in front of him. And it's not impossible to be a great pit or good pitcher after two TJSs, but it's difficult. Um, I, all in all, Ray, you're right. It's a loophole. I think it is. Nobody else is doing this. Um, and you're right. The Dodgers now have more money to go out and spend. And, you know, does the tax affect the Dodgers? They, they got under the tax last year, Ray, because they planned to do this kind of mm-hmm. thing. So, and, and the reason the tax is important is it provides for more competition. The money, the tax goes to the other team. So it should matter to everyone in baseball, whether it matters to the Dodgers or not, to your point. Yeah. And Ray, I, I don't know if Pittsburgh can get a contract like this. Mm-hmm. You know, who's going to Pittsburgh? It, it's very, the, the Yankees can do this. The Dodgers can do this. Red Sox will probably now try to do this. The Cubs, you know, the big markets are going to try to do this. I, I don't know if it'll work. I, I think there is, of all the teams in baseball, maybe yeah. a special attraction to L.A. Right. You have bets in store. You have Freeman in store. They're constantly winning. Like th- that at this juncture, Ray, is the jewel franchise in baseball. Mm-hmm. Even though they only have one title in the last 
40 years, almost 35 years, I guess. But they're the crown jewel. The Yankees are not the crown jewel. Like, I, I it, Ray, I, I wonder, would Otani give this kind of deal to the Yankees? I would bargain he would not give this kind of deal. He wanted to stay in L.A., and that's why I, I don't fear these contracts happening everywhere because I think it was very specific to this unicorn talent who absolutely wanted to make it happen in a certain franchise. Yeah, certain I, I, I'm not saying this is going to happen like we're going to start getting middle relievers doing this. I'm not saying that. But just for an example, hypothetically, Blake Snell. Let's say the Toronto says, here's $250 million, Blake Snell. And the Dodgers say, whoa, whoa, whoa. we'll give you $350 million. We're only going to give you $250 now. We're going to defer $100 of it because they have the money to spend. Yeah. You know, what, If you're Blake Snell, what do you do? Turn $100 million down? Of course not. Mm-hmm. Now, if baseball considers the contracts the same, which it would, here we go. The Dodgers, and it's again, it's not about the except people. Oh, Dodgers! It's not about the Dodgers. It's about baseball. Mm-hmm. Whatever team can convince players to do this gets a massive advantage, massive advantage, and this will cause an even greater disparity between the haves and the have-nots. Yeah. Which again is why I'm stunned to see that this is in the CBA. That this is a why lot. I wonder if if they if that will be an argument or a point. Like, like I said, Ray, it's not the whole, it's in effect, they're getting, what is it? A 30% discount against yeah. the salary cap. Right. And I'm guessing that's got to be close to the max you could possibly get. I guess right. if somebody signs a hundred dollar, hundred million dollar contract, it drops to 60, you know? Right. So we're talking about, th- it's big. I get your point. Totally get your point. I, I think it's mostly a one-off. I don't know. Maybe you're right. Maybe it'll be this way. There's like five, six teams that can do this. And I, I haven't seen this, and I know I've read a lot. I tried to figure this out. Maybe you saw it. So the Dodgers have to pay him in the future. He's not getting paid now, like we're talking about. It's all deferred. It's not being put in an annuity. He's not getting interest. He's just yeah. getting paid in years 11 through 20. Does that mean that if the Dodgers sell the team 10 years from now, the new owner has to take on that liability? I think it, it does, does, right? It does, yeah. Absolutely. And that, that's a $680 million <laughs> liability. So, yeah. I, like, again, that's another thing. Like, you're talking about how many teams are willing to do this because – you know, it, it, we're lopping 700 grand, $700 million off our sale price. Boom. Cause I got to pay this guy. And where the hell is Otani going to be when he's 39 years old? And what yeah. does this do to the Dodgers? Yeah. Because I, and you said it earlier, you know, $70 million today is totally going to be different than it is for, you know, 14 years from now. But this is a significant handicap to the Dodgers in the future, because now we're talking about, even though it's not on the books, we're talking about having an extra 70 or $68 million on our payroll. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll add, don't feel bad for Otani taking 2 million in LA, which I mean, 2 million in LA is like half a mil elsewhere outside of California. How about that? Um, we're told he makes about 50 million per year in endorsements. And my guess is Ray, that number will only grow probably with the move up the freeway to the Dodgers. So he'll be fine. (laughs) And, and this is brought up a lot yesterday too. Since he's not getting the money now, if 11 years from now he moves to Florida or some other state, he doesn't have to pay California taxes because he's not actually earning the money today. So yeah. it's wherever he ends up living where he gets the money. Is that, that I, I wondered about that, and I I didn't investigate. Are we certain that's true? Because I, I didn't know, Ray, but right. I, I thought about that. Like if he moves to, to Florida, is that considered income for him in Florida? Or is it is the money considered earned now? Because the contract's 10 years. We're just paying you at a later date. We're right. paying you for what you do in the 10 years, right. but we're paying you at a later date. And usually it's taxed where you earn it. Right. 
Again, this is I'm, maybe I can get my dad on this. He's a CPA. Yeah, you should. Have, I, I I just don't know, but you may be right on that. I too. asked my partner. She's a lawyer. She's not a tax person. She's yeah. a lawyer, and she said she believes it's paid okay. out when he gets it. So yeah. wherever he lives, and Bob Nightingale wrote an article about it, and that's what Bob Nightingale okay. said. If you believe him, that it okay. will be because he talked about California's rate being the highest and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So that's a way for Otani to make back some of the money you know that he's giving up by not getting interest if he moves out of california by the time he starts getting paid that amount. yeah yeah who would leave california though ray right you're a lifelong californian i am and i might leave california <laughs> <laughs> don't leave right we need people like you yeah. like how many people do you run into that they're like born and bred in california is it <laughs> well and and you have to for two people that don't know my family history and who cares but my grandparents on my my mother's side came to California in the 1920s. They actually okay. met at Cal. They were both students at Cal. So, and then my dad's side of the family was the 1930s. So my family on both sides has been in the barrier for almost 100 years. Yeah. No one, that, I mean, that, <laughs> no California, at least in the Bay Area, can really match it. That's pretty unique. So I, I, you can't leave because the Chronicle, when you get to about 95, you're going to be the last guy who was actually born in San Francisco <laughs> in the area that actually lived there their whole life. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, People are leaving. It's expensive. And there's uh, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I've lived here my whole life. But there are some issues out here in California. You just got to keep moving to the east, right? Keep going to the east. It, further away from the bay. And yeah end up in the the farmlands of California. People, you know, we always think LA, San Francisco. But like California is pretty damn rural. <laughs> Actually, it's but uh who knows? That, that's a discussion for another day. Uh Shohei Otani wanted to stay in LA. I, I think that was very evident. Uh we will be back tomorrow, 11 a.m. Eastern. I uh, mentioned Rich Maletto. We'll get you the latest on NFL injury reports, all that stuff. Take a look ahead to uh, week 15, kind of run through the games. Remember, we've got three games on Saturday. Uh, we got the one on Thursday, three games coming up on Saturday, the usual amount of action, well, not the amount, but the usual set of games on Sunday. And then we've got the Monday nighter. Do we have two Monday night games next week? What do you think of that, Ray? Are you a fan of the you know, we got one next week? I, I, you know, I'd rather have two games on Monday than games on Saturday and Friday and all over the map. So, yeah, yeah it's okay. I don't mind. It. I, I'm fine with it, but I don't like them at the same time. That's totally fair. Yeah, I yeah. And, and last, sometimes it's a uh, battle in your own mind of which game. Last night it was, which game am I actually going to watch? Like, <laughs> I didn't really know. what. Now, they both ended up being very good games. But early on, it's like, well, which game am I going to devote time to? Mm -hmm. um, I chose Dolphins, Titans, and I kind of flipped back and forth. I didn't have the two TV set up last night, so I had to kind of jump around there. But I mean, two is fine, but split them up would be my suggestion. Uh, big thanks to everybody in the chat room. Thanks to Ray. Uh, thanks to the NFL. Thanks to Otani. You gave us stuff to talk about. We, we love that. Uh, tomorrow we'll be back 11 a.m. Eastern. This has been Fantasy Sports Daily, powered by FantasyGuru.com.